Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. And now we'll go straight to our main message. I want you to think with me about the seventh chapter of the book of Joshua. In the 26th verse of that chapter, we have a very unusual scene. If you and I had been back there that day, we would have seen a man's stone, his wife's stone, his children's stone, his tent burned, his clothing burned, everything about him burned in front of the children of Israel. The place where these things happened was called the Valley of Achor. It was called a place that will be cursed with a heap of stones forever. The Valley of Acre. In that particular chapter is when a man did what God told him not to do in the beginning of Israel's new relationship with God. And because he did what he was told not to do after they went in and took over Jericho, God had to have a special kind of demonstration of discipline for this man. How many know his name? Achan. Now I want you to see that. A place that was cursed. Yet, in Hosea the second chapter, in the 15th verse, the word of God says something very unique. And I will give her vineyards from thence, and this valley of acre for a door of hope. And she shall sing before, she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came out of the land of Egypt. Here, he says, I will give this valley of Achor for a door of hope. This particular passage deals with something very unique. There is so much hopelessness in the world tonight. We would not believe if we could take an x-ray of individuals' hearts the hopelessness that lies in the souls of people. In many cases, they feel their lives have certainly been cursed for one reason or another. There are many situations that are hopeless. And God said, listen, in your worst situation, in the worst situation, if you turn to me, that area that you've been hurt the most, that area that seems that, in a sense, that you have been cursed, I will make that area a door of hope for you. When God gives us hope, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible talks about the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy, has given unto us a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's a tremendous thing tonight when you go to a graveside and see those stones and know that every single Christian is going to be resurrected. But there's something deeper than that. Right now, 
I have resurrection life in my soul and body, and so does every Christian in the world. And I have a lively hope, a hope that will not be disappointed, a hope that will not be frustrated, a hope that will not leave me shot of the glory of God. It is no wonder that Romans, the 15th chapter, and the 13th verse says, The God of all hope. Psalm 78, 7 that we may rest in hope. Joel 3.16, for the Lord God is our hope. Jeremiah 17.13, the God of Israel is our hope. It is a beautiful thing to understand the true doctrine of hope. The true doctrine of hope. Abraham, 99 years of age, has been backslidden didn't do right with God all of a sudden God speaks to him now he was still to be the father of the promised child he was still to have a child that would bring in eventually the Messiah someday through his uh, line so in this particular passage Romans 4 said he hoped against hope it was a hopeless situation but his hope was in the promise of God. First, in Isaiah 35, pertaining to Israel, literally, in the last days, in the millennial reign, there is the bud, then there is the blossom, then there is the blooming. There are many situations when God gives hope for the future. Here's a woman that has prayed that she'll have a child. Many, many times in this ministry she could not have a child with her husband. But you folks prayed for her and she got pregnant. And it brought hope into her life. First, she has the bud. Then she has the blossom. Then the child is born and she has the fruit of her hope. Many times a person will get engaged after waiting for some time. Finally, the person that God has for them comes to them. And they are led to that person. Then there's the, gauge, the engagement. That's the budding. Then there is the wedding day. And that's the tremendous blooming of the flower. And then there is the fruit, a happy marriage. It's a wonderful thing when it works out like that. But the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, in the fifth chapter, that God, in the B part of that verse, takes sometimes, takes the blossom and turns it into dust. He takes the blossom of hope and turns it into dust. What does it mean? It means that the Lord Jesus Christ, for some unknown reason in his sovereign plan, for example, the woman came to me many years ago when her husband was killed in an airplane, a single-engined plane with her wedding gown that she had prepared to use in her marriage. She came in my office, had this wedding gown, threw it on my desk and said, what do I do with this now? Husband just died in a single-engined plane up, up in Freiburg, Maine. She said, what do I do now? What do I do now? You can have the wedding gown. She was mad at God. Uh, the woman, after waiting eight years to have a baby, waiting patiently, 
Then God has her conceived through prayer. She has the baby. And in two months, there is a crib death. She screams at the funeral. And, and when everybody goes out, curses me, swears at me. And she said, where was your God today? Where was your God in this situation? See, the hope went up in smoke. The hope went up in smoke. Well, the Word of God makes it clear that in the worst situation, we still have God. God wants us to have a door of hope. Abraham, you're 99. Yes, and I believe God. Abraham, you cannot possibly have a child the natural way. Yes, I can. I believe God. Sarah, your womb is certainly closed. But no, I believe God. And they believe God. The Bible says that they staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. And they staggered not at His promises. Oh, that God's people would understand that it's impossible possible for God to lie. You can hope against hope. I don't care if there's no uh, a blossom, if there is not a single thing blooming, if there isn't a single thing transpiring that seems to be answering your prayer. You want to get married and it hasn't happened. You want a child and it hasn't happened. You want situations to take place in your business and it hasn't happened. I want to say that this message tonight is for you in the worst situation that you have. God will give you a door of hope. I don't care what it is. God is the God of hope. Our God is our hope. Promises of God, they are our hope. I want you to notice also tonight that in the Word of God, it is so clear that in Habakkuk, the third chapter, in the 17th verse, along with the 18th verse, this is what the Word of God says so beautifully in Habakkuk. I, I love this passage because it is so unique. The Word of God says, listen, Israel, the fig tree shall not blossom. The walls have gone down. She is in captivity. Neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive oil shall fail. The fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no herd in the stalls. This was a tremendous time for the Jewish nation. They had gone through some of the greatest hours of disaster and destruction and pain and privation and agony that ever happened to any people in the history of the world. Not a single good thing was happening. But this is what the prophet said. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I've, I've been in that hospital with a 28-year-old man with terminal disease with three beautiful little girls. And he took my hand, and he was weak as he could be. And he said, Pastor, no matter what's happening, God hasn't seen fit to heal me. But he said, I rejoice in God. And he said, I have hope that God will take my three little girls and my beautiful wife through, and everything is going to be all right. He said, obviously, I'm not going to be healed, but the God of hope is with me and it's going to work out this file then went to sleep didn't die but he went to sleep I'm saying that if everything is going bad because of the beautiful character of God we rejoice in God as our hope he is our hope a lively hope a living hope an expectant hope an absolute hope a realistic hope and thank God he is our hope there will be the bud. 
There will be the blossom. There will be the bloom. And if everything is naked and barren and gone, some of you have done your very best to raise your children. You've, you've taken care of them, and you mothers have nursed them when they've been babies, and you brought them up. You loved them. You stayed with them. You took care of them. The fathers worked hard with you to provide for them. Yet they become teenagers, and they seem to be doing well, and all of a sudden they go out and break your heart and become immoral. Some of them leave you and marry an unsaved person or a person that you don't desire. But I want to say to you tonight, don't you ever, ever, ever have your faith in Jesus Christ and your hope distracted. God will come through. I said to that woman, she got right later, the one that brought the wedding gown. And uh, we prayed with her every night for three weeks, off and on on the phone at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Finally, the Holy Spirit got through. She realized her her husband-to-be that she never could marry was in heaven. She repented and is a great Christian lady today. Glory be to God. The mother that screamed at me when everybody went out and cursed me because her baby died as if I was the cause of it. I got I began to wonder, did I do it? And, uh, and she cursed me and later on she got right with God with her husband. They were very faithful. They had two beautiful children, a boy and a girl. Everything was fine. You see, listen, this faith that we have in God, this joy we have in the Lord, is a prelude to eternal bliss. It is a prelude to eternal happiness. I do not understand how we can be surrounded with such peculiar love that surrounds us unconditionally by Jesus and the grace of God. I do not understand His wonderful faithfulness. These circumstances mean very little. They are just temporal. They are just passing by. And behind them is the Lord our God as a foundation, is a God that's the God of hope. Behind them is a God that will not let us down. There will be the budding. There will be the blossom. There will be the blooming and the fruit. Our God will come through. Some of you, your husbands left you years ago. And sometimes your children have turned against you because of your faith. Even though you stayed with them 100%. God bless you tonight. There is the bud. There is the blossom. And there is the fruit. Your faith has brought forth fruit before the angels, and your faith will bring forth fruit for eternity. You can mark it down. It's wonderful when everything comes through as we plan. But when it doesn't, we have hope against hope, and we'll win. You know why? Because of the God of all grace, we are winners in every situation. It's just a matter of time before it's revealed to the devil and his kingdom. You can have hope in him tonight, and you have hope against hope, and you have hope for your family, and you have hope for the situations that appear hopeless. I promise you tonight, as your heart is fixed on him, as your mind is set in Jesus, he will bless you. He will come through, folks. He will, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will. I don't care what it is, he'll come through. Have you been blessed tonight? Do you glorify Jesus? Will you glorify God tonight? Thank Him and praise Him. Isn't He beautiful? Isn't He precious? Oh, He's precious. He's precious. He's precious. He's precious. He's precious. 
Imagine a hundred years old, <laughs> impotent, and have a kid like Isaac. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. All because of a promise that he would, he staggered not at that promise. Yeah, yeah, some of you look at me, can't, what will God do it for me? I, I, think, I think so. Some are praying that he will not do it for you. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com What hope we have in God. I love that phrase that it's our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ and in Him alone. And really this is the Gospel. And we think about the Gospel and can maybe have a concept that the gospel is something that's presented at the end of a message and it's the hope for the person who's an unbeliever. It's the message that will set their heart free and it's purely for them. And that somehow the Christian or the believer works or lives under different principles than the initial principles given in the gospel. But the gospel is for the believer and the unbeliever. It's really the hope that all men have. It's the good news. It's the good news of grace. It's the good news of the finished work. And we we know that the gospel is sourced in the cross, that, that Christ died, that he died for our sins, that he was buried with our past, that he rose, that he's seated, and we are now seated in him. And the work of redemption is finished. And all the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. To the unbeliever, it's the opportunity to agree with God. And so it is for the believer. It's our hope. It's amazing. In 1 John 3, starting in verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And this revealing of Jesus Christ, this is the the basis, this is the the glorious gospel. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The glorious gospel is the doxa-filled gospel. That's the Greek word for glory. And it's the full revealing of the good news of Christ. To someone who doesn't know God, who doesn't know about Jesus, who thinks that Jesus is just a man, maybe. It isn't revealed his character, his nature. And someone has a view of God that is imp- that is wrong, that is just, it's been a lie that's been imposed upon their mind and they've received it as the truth. 
and they live in darkness because of it, because they don't know that God loves them. They don't know that there's good news. They don't know that their sin has been taken care of. They don't know that God is waiting to be gracious to them. They have no idea. As believers, we now know. It's transformed us. It's taken us out of one kingdom, placed us into the kingdom of his dear son. It's given us a new identity. But it's also our hope. It's, it's where renewed in our minds with this truth that God is gracious, that it is finished. In Psalm 42, verse 11, Why are thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Hope thou in God. The gospel is is the person of Jesus Christ, revealed in human history through the gospels written thousands of years ago about him, his incarnation in the world. But, but now, in the book of Acts, written in the history of mankind, the history of believers in the world, that God is revealed through men, through history, passed down from the apostles. But in every generation until this one, there are men and women who believed and hoped in the Lord and the glory of the truth of the person of Jesus Christ is revealed through their lives. Romans 5.2 Through him also we have our access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And let us rejoice in hope of the glory of God, in hope of the revealing of the person of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.21 who through him are believers in God, talking about Jesus in the B part, it says, which raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope might be in God. So let us encourage ourselves today. Let us be encouraged by the message of the gospel that we hope in the glory of God. We hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We hope in his session now seated at the right hand of the Father, that he is for us, that he loves us. And that same message that birthed us, that took us out of a life of futility and into a life of truth and value, that same message is the message which quickens us today, which has the power to motivate us and move us in walking in a Christian life. And it's not the do's and don'ts that can be imposed by a religious view of Christianity. It's the revealing of Jesus Christ. It's the revealing of Jesus Christ through the message. It's revealing of Jesus Christ through the church. It's the revealing of Jesus Christ through believers in the body of Christ that imposes itself upon us and gives us an opportunity again to agree with God and walk in fellowship with Him, be filled with the Spirit and have a capacity to move and live and reveal the truth of who He is to other people who are living in darkness. That is hope. That is a glorious hope. Not that the future will be better, but that in the past, God sealed all that was necessary for me to live a godly life in His Son. And if I find His Son today, again, then I will have all that I need. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com So maybe this is your introduction to who Jesus Christ is.
Not a man still hanging on a on a cross in a church somewhere. Not a symbol. Not someone who lived in the past, whose words were written down. But someone who lives now. He lives now, seated at the right hand of the Father. That he has a desire, he has knowledge of who you are. And he has a desire that you would get to know him and get to know his Father. And that your hopelessness would suddenly, that darkness would be filled with light of hope that can only come from him. So perhaps you would pray a prayer with me if you never asked Jesus to be your Savior. Lord, come into my life. Save me. Fill my life with hope, I pray. This message of the gospel, I receive it as being for me right now. And I pray you would move in my life. You would take me as I am and transform me because of who you are. Thank you, Lord. We pray these things, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.